Hello and welcome to episode 200 of Off Curve, the craziest Hearthstone podcast on the way to work or around the neighborhood. A- My name is An- Andrew. Wh- Andrew. What? 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 What, yeah. what, what, are, what are you doing? I thought I'd, you know, uh, introduce things and get us kicked off with a little fun. I it, I thought it I thought it would like upgrade the the podcast. Did you like but, it? What would you I, think? I mean, it's 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 definitely different. I mean, you know, two, I guess two hundred episodes is the time to change everything up. And yeah, yeah, but. theme song, you know, uh, intro, <laughs> outro. Uh, I I thought even we could change wicked good to like wicked cool or like oh, wicked yeah. smart or like. I, I don't know, just a brand refresh. Keep things relevant for the kids these days. You I, I know? could get a soundboard. We could have we could have sounds mm. coming in. You know, I don't know how can... you would do that on your phone on the way to work, but you can figure it out, right? I, I, I mean, you know, it's Massachusetts. Everybody's driving erratically anyway. Nobody would notice. Ah, uh, that's actually probably true. <laughs> hey, Steve! Happy two hundred episodes. <laughs> Thank you. So, welcome everybody. So. This is, if you haven't already caught on, this is the 200th episode of Off Curve. And Yay! I wanted to, I, I wanted to do something. And I, and I figured that, you know, one of the, the one thing that I wanted to do was <clears throat> bring back, you know, the person who is at least partially responsible for this podcast existing. And so I, I am happy to welcome back your friend and mine, um, Andrew Brown, formerly of the Happy Hearthstone and the Happy Hearthstone card reviews that I spent about roughly 70 million hours <laughs> recording with you. Uh, I think over, it equates to half of your life, at least. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've spent <laughs> at least half my life. Uh, I, you spend a th- I spent a third of my life sleeping, a third of my life at work, and a third of my life recording card reviews. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it works it's a, out. It's a good way to spend your days, I think. Yeah. But so uh, welcome welcome back. I mean, you, this is not the first time that you've been on this show, but, you know, it's it's been a minute. And, you yeah. know, I mean, why don't you introduce yourself? I mean, I've, I've kind of started introducing you, but for it, it has been a, a minute since we've gotten to do a show together, at least it on has. the podcast feed. So why don't you go ahead and for some of the newer listeners who may not um, may not know who you are or some of the older listeners who you want to reintroduce yourself to, why don't you, you tell them uh, who you are and, and why you're special? Gladly. Well, I, yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, my name is Andrew, and I used to be all up in this podcasting realm. I, I was thinking about it. Actually, Steve and I met back in 20. Oh gosh, what was it? 2013? No, it would have been 2015. 20, it was 2015. I think. Yeah, I 2015, 2016. 2015. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, I started a podcast with some friends called Valence Chosen and that was uh I'm actually wearing my Valence Chosen hoodie today. I I felt oh, wow. a little nostalgic uh, getting ready. Uh and not we, all we, podcasts are lost. That's right. <laughs> we uh started that up with um not Rob who's gone on to do Pokemon Go stuff on Twitch like crazy and uh Loremaster Eve over on Blizzlet now. And we we started the show about, uh, talking about how to be a budget player in Hearthstone and still remain competitive on the ladder. And it morphed into more of like a teaching show and talking about like how to play different decks. And it was a lot of fun. I did that for about a year. And then um, the Happy Hearthstone, as you mentioned, uh, Josh Augustine was the creator, the architect of that. And he got a job working at Blizzard on the World of Warcraft uh, 
Quest design team. And so he asked me if I would carry on the mantle and uh, host that show. And I was honored to do that. And so I spent, um, I think that was, I'm trying to just get my years in general right. I think that was 2017 through then 2020 that I was uh, doing that show. Angora was um, the first set review we did together. Yes. Uh-huh. And then I think the last one was in the, was that the middle of, that was the middle of last year, right? It was Skullman's Academy was the last right. one. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, Steve mentioned the card review episodes. That's really the first time that Steve and I, like we met through Valence Chosen through the discord. Uh, Steve was a, a big part of our community for that. And when I was gearing up for happy Hearthstone, one of the like cornerstone parts of it were these review episodes. And so I needed a co-host to do that with. And I, I wish I could like say more content kindly exactly what I was thinking back then, but I know for sure I was thinking, man, Steve has a lot of thoughts. It'd be fun to hang out. Let's try this out and see where it goes. And little, um, little did you know how many thoughts <laughs> I was gonna be able to fill an episode with and how long I, we were gonna end up talking in those episodes. And that's, but. And that's only priest. Uh that's yeah. only one of nine classes at the time, I guess. So we yeah, we did um I, I guess ten of those review sets, uh I, I think if my math is right. It sounds and, about right, yeah. Or, or eight. Eleven. It would be eleven, right? Because it was three. It was three full years, and then yeah, and then the first two of last year. It would be Ashes yeah. and Skullamance. So numbers aren't that interesting anyway. But yeah, yeah eleven. There we go. I so, mean, you're, you're on my podcast. The numbers are very interesting. That's, <laughs> I know, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So we did that for a while, and that was um, that was so much fun. I loved being able to contribute to the community in that way. Uh, the Happy Hearthstone is all about having members of the community on talking about uh, different just aspects of the game that we love and enjoying it. And then in in 2020, when COVID uh, took off, we my wife and I had two kids at the time and things were just really we were really stretched uh, as far as like my work ramped up big time and uh, just what we needed around the house, because all the parents out there know that uh, you were just stretched like and limited in what you could do. So I. I, the show started kind of waning. We committed to the review episode still, but it was really hard for me to do much more than that. And then uh, we actually got pregnant with twins, which I immediately went to Steve and said, I need every trick you've got in the book because, goodness sake, uh, here we go. And, w- and once we found out that we were having twins, I, I kind of knew I was going to have to hang up my hat uh, for a time with podcasting. And so... Uh, those twins act, those twin girls just turned one this past week. So it's crazy. Oh, congratulations, um, by the way. Yeah. Th- thank you. That is, yeah, uh, that are, was around this time of year. Good Lord. We're alive. Flies. They're alive. Yeah. I think it was a month or two in anticipation of that, that I, 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 I realized, okay, I need to start transitioning things cause it's only going to ramp up. And so I, I asked uh, my friend guy grumpy to take on uh, the happy hearthstone and he's been running that. I know he's been, uh, he actually just got back on the scene with it with this set. Uh, he's had a he's had a rough year, so um, you know you can be thinking about him and sending him good vibes. But uh, he's picking back up the show and really proud of the work that he's done uh, over there. So uh, yeah, that's my podcast thing. Uh, and actually, I just celebrated three years. I've been on the team over at HS Replay, uh, so I came on to help them with. Um, with tickets and customer support and stuff like that. I've helped them with a lot of marketing things behind the scenes and, um, 
in the past few months, a lot of community development stuff as well. Uh, and I, I run the archetype maintenance on there, which is fun. So uh, you can thank me for the names that you hate uh, for archetypes <laughs> on, on there. Everyone has an opinion, but we had to go with LTK. I mean, that's that's way too I mean, fun. So I mean, you know, nobody nobody took up Ping Mage, so I think LTK <laughs> is, a, is a good second. At least. We kept we, we kept it because we tried doing the the polling and stuff, and it it worked. Uh, so yeah, so. So even though I'm not, uh, I, I really do miss getting on the mic and being more deeply connected with people in the community. But uh, getting to getting to serve through HS Replay has been a lot of fun. Um, it's much more behind the scenes, but I know that um, I know a lot of people depend on us for uh, data and deck lists and what's working and um, finding things that will counter. I know I use it uh, frequently too. So um, yeah, so it's it's good to be back on for those of you that haven't heard my voice and uh, have missed it. Thanks for thanks for caring. I even saw some names kind of in the AMA we're going to do from way yeah. back in the day. So this this will be a lot of fun. And for everybody who's newer, who's maybe come on and, and found Steve in the past year, um, good to meet you in the in the first hand and we'll have a lot of fun celebrating 200 episodes today steve yeah and and i i kind of call that first episode of uh, well i guess it was so we've never with all the times that i was on the happy hearthstone we never actually did a proper interview right like we had uh, really? i mean i've done i've been car i did card reviews you know we did uh-huh. i was on the show constantly Right. Mm-hmm. But right. And we and you and Ridiculous Hat and I did that art, that episode about getting to legend, which we then did a sequel yes. for on this show, which I kind of call yes. episode zero of Off Curve. Um, <laughs> but I realized when I was putting this together that we never actually done like a proper Happy Hearthstone interview. Yeah, and that's so fair. that's fair. And so I figured that this would be kind of fun. Uh, you know, I mean, we're we're kind of in this. Like, uh, you know, this week between the card review and when I would normally do the the meta review with Ridiculous Hat that I figure is probably going to we're probably gonna have to wait until we have a balance change anyway to kind of do that. So I figure that, you know, and and the timing is perfect, you know, having this 200th episode. And absolutely. So I figured that it's kind of it would be fun for me to turn over the mic to Andrew. And mm-hmm. because there's, there, there are a few people I would trust with this, <laughs> and, and Andrew's <laughs> one of them. Um, but so I, so I have invited Andrew to do an interview with me, and we and kind of talk about the things that I don't normally talk about because I'm so deep in the weeds, and I assume I've said it sixteen times, and I've kind of forget some of the things that I've said by now. And then uh, the other thing that I did is in the Discord, and if you're not part of the Discord, it's at um, discord.offcurve.com, by the way. Um, I, I opened up an AMA channel. I immediately muted it, and I said, and I, I invited everyone to post whatever questions there are that they want that they want Andrew to ask me. I have not looked at anything. I have awesome. no idea what's coming. I may reserve the right <laughs> to plead the fifth. I, I will say that, but I have not looked at any questions that are in the AMA. I have no prior knowledge of anything that's in there. There's at least one that you're not going to like, but it's okay. in a funny sense. So. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so we'll, we'll anyway, have a good time so, for sure. So I'll, I, uh, that is the that is the last of me hosting the episode. I will hand it over to you, Andrew, and and awesome. it's yours to run with from here. From here. Well, Steve, I know it's a, like. Yeah, we've never had the chance to sit down and talk through things, but even for a lot of your newer listeners, there's not really ever like a clear point to like stop and reflect on things. So, yeah. uh so I I gave a little backstory for 
um, for your involvement, like with Villains Chosen and, and with Happy Hearthstone. How was Off Curve birthed out of all of that? What did the be- very beginning of this show look like for you? How far back do we want to go? Do we want to go <laughs> prior to Hearthstone? I mean, do you should speak to your back podcast to- background, I, yeah. uh, at least slightly, I think. Yeah, so, like, I started podcasting way, way early. Like, way early. Like, 2005 early. Um, I remember reading an article in, like, Wired Magazine about Adam Curry in, like, 2000. It might have even been 2004. I don't remember. I had, like, literally just gotten an iPod, and I was listening to, like, Leo Laporte putting out his radio show as a podcast. Wow. And I, and, and there was, it was a tiny community back then. And I decided that was something I wanted to do. So I got I, I got my friend Scott from college, and we started doing a fantasy football podcast. Um, and we did that for a few years. And and that eventually, like, the thing with a fantasy football podcast is that, I mean, this is, first of all, this is also going all the way back, like, you know, me, me with stats, right? Like, that's the thing mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, right. draw me into anything. And And we would do, like, draft prep episodes, which were effectively, like, card review episodes. Um, back then it, it was kind of the same thing and I would cram for a crap for a draft. Like I would cram for a card review. Um, so that, so that actual process wasn't all that different. I was kind of fell right back into it when we started doing that. But, um, and then, but the thing with the fantasy football podcast is very seasonal, right? Like you have four months where you're, you're really doing a lot. And then there's eight months where you're trying to fill content so that people don't forget you exist. And I had my wife Maureen come on one episode right after the first season and we enjoyed that so much. We ended up doing a a podcast together um, where we would just talk about things uh, called the wicked good podcast, which is where my name comes from. Cause that was before Twitter. Um, So we would just talk about whatever for like an hour. And, you know, the whole concept, the whole thing was like, we were, you know, transplants up to Boston at the time. I mean, I've been, I've been living in Boston longer than I haven't been living in Boston now. Um, but you know, we were both transplants from to Massachusetts and talking about those things. So we did that for a few years, pretty much. I, I mean, kind of similar to your journey as uh, once we found out we had twins, that all stopped. Right? right. Like that was like, it was pretty clear. Like I was not making weekly commitments to pretty much anything that wasn't paying me a salary at that point. Um, so, you know, I hung up the, the, the football podcast. We, we, we ended up trying to do our podcast, Maureen and I, but we just, you know, I mean, you know how it is with having twins and trying to have energy with the sleep deprivation. You I know, sure do. Like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> all like, remind you of night, it if like, you forget. <laughs> yeah, like nightmare mode, you know, sleep deprivation. So that kind of fell mm-hmm. off and I kind of just hung it up for a while. Um, you know, and then flash forward to like 2014 um, and... We were, and I was like walking around PAX and thinking that I, I, I was, I, I go to PAX East every year because it's nearby, right? So I usually, like now, I'll go one day by myself or to meet up with some friends who are in the area and then one day with the kids. This was, the kids were way too young at the time. This was more for me, but I wasn't really meeting anybody. I was just kind of walking around and seeing things and I had a lot of time to think. And I was thinking like, I really kind of wanted, I missed it and I wanted to get back into it. This is like five years later. Um... And, but I, I, and like, well, you know, who am I? I don't work in the industry. I don't do anything, but you know, I got opinions and I, I was friends with Brianna Wu at that point from app.net, which was a, a social network that was like an alternative to Twitter at the time. And I'd mentioned that I was thinking about it and she's like, well, let's do a podcast. So like, okay. And so that, you know, kind of turned into isometric 
which we did for about a hundred episodes with um with Maddie Myers, who now who's now a polygon and um Georgia Dow who's doing her own um YouTube channel uh, of uh of like therapist uh branded content. Not branded, but like uh, you know, like therapist reacts types of things and and you know um you know therapist pop culture, that sort of thing. Um and we did that for about a hundred episodes, um, and then that turned into disruption when Maddie left, and we brought in Mike a sergeant, and that was like a tech a tech podcast that we did um, through. Uh, we ended we ended up wrapping that up at the end of twenty seventeen. So meanwhile, I picked I started playing Hearthstone in I pl- I picked it up in beta, and it never like I played Magic a lot as a, as a teenager like obsessively throughout high school and like freshman year of college until it got too expensive. And I, I think I picked up a beta key from Hearthstone what, you know, back early days and I played it a little bit. I never really got too far into it. And it kind of felt like, you know, magic for babies at the time. Um, it, it wasn't until the phone client came out, which was somewhere between black rock mountain and, um, and the grand tournament that I really kind of gave it a try. And I started, I started, it started getting its teeth into me. And so that's when I started, you know, kind of hanging out a lot of, you know, you know, in the, you know, as I do get a whole bunch of podcasts on my phone, started hanging out in those communities. (laughs) Right. And, um, and then, you know, and then you, you know, you asked me to, I think I was close to legend. I was, I was almost to legend in like 2016 at the beginning of uh, like January that year. I think I hit legend the first time in March. And then we were going to talk about that and I didn't hit legend and things didn't work out. And then you, you kind of approached me and said, well, you got this card review that I, you know, the, you had just moved over to the happy hearts at that point. Like, well, you, we have this card review. Would you like to do that? I'm like, okay. You know, uh, and, and, you know, not knowing what I was getting myself into, of course. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You know, barely. And, and, and like, you know, I mean, clearly I had opinions at that point, but it was also a little, it was a ner- little bit nerve wracking for me. Cause I still, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't as confident in my opinions back then, but I think we kind of, we, we, we got there, you know, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing you just get there with practice, but we did that mm-hmm. and it was, it was a ton of fun. And, and I was hooked at that point. And that was when it lit a couple months later, anchor, which is the platform I used for the podcast was originally like this. It was, it was like this weird, like TikTok for audio thing at the time. And it, it has evolved a lot. Yeah, it, it, this was before, like, they just started putting in podcasting support. Now it's just a podcast, like, publishing client. But before mm-hmm. they were trying to be, like, a social network, and then they, they pivoted. But they had just put in, um, you know, the, the podcasting support. And I was thinking to myself, like, I can't commit to doing another podcast. Like, sitting down with a guest, with, a, with, a, with another host, committing to a weekly time slot. Like, I'm already doing one of those. I was still doing disruption at the time. I can't, I you know, I only have so much time. I could do this for my car though. Like if it's, if it's like a, you know, a, a client that's just on the phone, like I can hook it up to like ear, like, you know, ear pods or whatever, and then just record it from my car. And so I did that and, and I just kind of started talking and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Like I just kind of like, okay, well I'm just going to start talking. And, and, and it, the first couple times I was kind of unsure, but I also realized that like, I would start talking and not stop until I got home. And I'm like, okay, well, this is something I can do. And, <laughs> and then that was off curve. And then that's just kind of, you know, obviously when the pandemic started, I kind of had to rethink some of the structure of that a little bit, but 
I mean, you know, I'm not driving home from work anymore. I'm kind of doing that when I'm going to the supermarket and uh, or just doing an episode while I'm, you know, sitting here. If it's not a day that I'm going to go out, but I need to get something out. But it's been, you know, it, it's it. I kind of did it originally as just like I felt I found myself typing the same thing in Discord over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, if I'm going to do that, I may as well just record it and put it out as a podcast. And I mean, that's kind of what I've done. Um, and it's, you know, and, and I mean, I've slowed down a little bit over the past year just because it's been, you know, again, with having something that I want to talk about coinciding with when I have to drive somewhere by myself, which is, you know, those things have to line up, but I still love doing it every time that I do it. I mean, 200 episodes mm. later, I still yeah. love doing the card reviews. I still love talking through these things. I'm still amazed that. Even when I have nothing to say, when I think I have nothing to say, I will turn it into a 30 minute episode. And I, and, and I love the community, right? Like I love, I, I love that I've been able to start streaming and, and get a community in there. Um, you know, that's really fun and, and, you know, and, and not like the, the quote unquote typical gamer community or typical Twitch chat or whatever. And, and, and that, you know, we can have kind of, you know, more deep discussions and think about strategy and talk about like the data and stuff like that. And, it's it's I, I still love it like you know as much as I did you know five years ago six years ago when we started doing this it's been it's been a hell of a ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you don't just accidentally fall into two hundred episodes, you know. No, um, I, I podcasting is something admittedly that once you start doing it and you do have to force yourself to come back. Like I, I think in any creative work, I mean, I'm sure bands struggle with this artists, you know, uh, or like watercolor artists or something that like you do a few and you enjoy it, but then you have to like find some way to create any amount of consistency. And I think what's so, what's so great, uh, you know, for those of us who may struggle with like finding a lot of time, you were able to really, um, uh, leverage time that you already had and use it to create conversations, even though they're one-sided for the benefit of people who are listening and who want to get better or, or, you know, either improve their mindset or how they're choosing decks or learning about a deck you hit legend with. So I think, um, I, it, it's, it's a really sweet spot when you find something that's personally helpful, because I know that podcasting for you, there have been times where, uh, on other shows and stuff where it was more draining than, um, something that was really, uh, uplifting and helpful for you. Uh, but now you've really found the sweet spot of being able to do that and also being able to benefit for the, for a community too. So, um, I know I speak on behalf of lots more people when I say I want more than 200 episodes here, you know, so, so keep them coming. (laughs) I'm not done. This isn't the last one. So I should should say that like, I was not sure if like I was going to be able to carry a show by myself either. And, and I really, and I think blister guy was a really great role model in that regard because I mean, he's been doing walk to work for like literally forever. I actually messaged him when I started and I said, I'm not stepping on your toes by doing this, am I? Like, I, you know, and I, like, I know, and, and I know he was never going to say, yes, you are. Like, I know he was never going to say that. But I, I kind of felt like I had to ask him anyway, because I felt like I was kind of doing the same thing. But of course, he's, of course, he's like the nicest person in the world. And he would never say that. But, you know, I mean, he's kind of, you know, blazed the trail for, I mean, you know, for, for solo Hearthstone podcasting by, you know, doing what he was doing. And I just kind of... I don't do the same thing. I mean, obviously I can't because I die if I was trying to play a game while I was driving. Like, 
I don't, <laughs> even oh, if yeah. I had a Tesla no, no, that autopilot. Would, like, yeah, that would be bad. But, but you know, just kind of doing, uh, you know, carrying a show and kind of picking my topics and just talking about them without somebody to bounce off of. And, and I, was wor- I was worried about that. I mean, you know, there's always imposter syndrome and whatever, but, you know, he proved that you could do it and, and kind of set the standard. And I, I was happy that he was, you know, you know, welcoming of other people in the space. And, and you know, he's always been a really great sounding board as well for some of these sorts of things. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's fun seeing how your show had a lot of like influences from other places, but at the, or like within the Hearthstone podcasting community, cause it is sort of its own microcosm in some ways. Um, but then also really was able to bird its own, its own thing. And I know discord is really hopping and, uh, you know, and, and now your, uh, your deck list, uh, acquisition, uh, just blowing up on the, on the Twitter sphere, man. Uh, there's just lots of great stuff for the, for the community to, uh, to benefit from. So, so one fun, one fun thing I wanted to do, I actually okay. looked up some of the Hearthstone news from 2017 and I wanted oh, to, gosh. <laughs> I wanted to throw this to you. So like the, the obvious thing, your show started, I, I looked this up. Uh, actually I have to pull it up July of 2017, right? Yeah. Um, so just before Knights of the frozen throne hit, that was, um, the, the really big thing, but actually what had been going on right before that was the very first midsummer fire festival, which has been duplicated many times over now. And that bled into the, or actually it must've been the second one because it bled into the frost festival. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember that being like, oh, okay, so we're doing the yin and the yang here. I see what's happening. Yeah, because they were going into Frozen Throne, right? So it froze over. Right. It, was a, it was a nice little – it's, it's kind of it's funny when you think back then, right? Like when you look at what we have now, right, and like events oh, like that absurd. were like – they were like once a year, right? Like that – there was that and then there – I think – I don't even know if we did – if they did Halloween stuff back then. I think Halloween, like the, the dual class arena came like a couple years later. But it was just like that was the fire festival, and then like the the Christmas card back, and like that was it, and that yeah. was all you had to, all, all everything other than like expansion launches. I don't remember where I was seeing it, but I, I heard someone say that they felt like Hearthstone was changing almost too quickly. With uh, with, with and I when I heard that, I was like, boy, have we come a long way? Because back in the day, I mean, the Undertaker nerf was probably the most. Uh, uh, the most notorious for like just being way too powerful for way too long, you know? So e- even balance changes, we were just waiting forever for things, but then fun things to get us involved uh, other than Tavern Brawl. That was a big deal when it launched also. Now we're just spoiled as a community with all the crazy stuff that's happening. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. I mean like the, the, that was like back then, like there was no, like mini sets are a thing now. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, we had like the, the doom and the tombs thing that they tried. That was, you know, I mean, they tried, <laughs> that was, that was the first <laughs> attempt at it. And and I remember saying at the beginning of that, like, I'm really nervous both about the buffs and about, you know, bringing cards back from wild. Cause like those cards need to be like jacked up to have an impact. And I, I was, I was upset that I was right about it, but at least they were trying. Right. And like, you're, you're never, and, and I think that's, I feel like I probably said this at the time too. Like there are going to be missteps, right? Yeah, like there's yeah. always going to be like, if you don't try, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. 
And, like, I would rather that they mess up the meta for a few weeks and um, by trying something, like, bold and then learn from that and do a better version of that later than never try it. Like, I think the only Absolutely. the only thing with Doom of the Tombs that they could have done was just back that out a month early, right? Like, they left that in for two months. If they had just, you know, that was, like, a month before BlizzCon that they started doing that. If they just did it for, like, the month of October... And then and then said, okay, we're taking these wild cards out now. I think it would have been much better. The fact they left it until the next expansion was like the only the only real like you know misplay of that whole thing. But I, I love I, I I think that they're much more willing to try different things. And that that kind of started a couple of years. It started around then, really. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's really impressive where they've come compared to what it was like back in like the days of like the in the works blog post. Oh, and they're boy, like, yep. no, we're not, we're not nerfing giggling inventor. Deal with it, right? Like that was, that was like, and then we all got our t- our torches and pitchforks. Like we've definitely, like as bad as, as bad as metas can seem today. Like there's at least an understanding that like there's a limit, there's a time limit. Like mm-hmm. they're not going to let yep. any of these metas go for more than a couple weeks. Whereas back right. then, it, it, good luck, you got you got this for a couple months. Just deal with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Speaking of the meta and the cards, uh, I, I was looking at some of the key cards from Knights of the Frozen Throne. You may remember a little two-mana 2-2 two, two prince that shook oh. things up <laughs> and, and was kind of one of the first um, the first key, uh, ex- or I, I guess, exhibitions that a two-mana card that changes the game is probably not a great idea, even, even if it's a one-of in your deck. Yeah. Um, we we whiffed on that really hard, if I remember correctly. Probably like hard because yeah. I think that I I feel like the kind of thing I would have said, and probably what I did say is like, you're not taking two drops out of your deck for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little did I know, oh, yeah. no, we're not playing two drops until it rotates. It's basically what that <laughs> what that card was going to do. So I, I that was one further. of the big big whiffs I remember because I remember being really really wrong on that card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and obviously the the big uh, the big shift for your your boy Anduin came oh, with Raza the Chained and Shadow Reaper Anduin. I mean, we had an entire archetype birthed. What do you remember most about uh, Highlander Priest? I I remember actually actively of not playing it because I preferred to play Big Priest. That was sounds, I remember. Sounds like Steve. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah. Exactly. Right. Like that's like I remember it being there, and I I was okay with it. But then Big Priest came out at the same time because we had um, Eternal Servitude and, oh gosh, I can't even remember some of the cards now. But, like, the the, the nine drop, life, steal, taunt, destroy a minion and... Um, Obsidian Statue. Obsidian Statue, yeah. And, like, and then Barnes pulling that out. And, like, that was uh, that was actually, like, I mean, I keep saying this whenever this comes up and when, when I talk to Wild Players. Like, when it was in standard, it was a legitimate control deck, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was... It was it's in in wild it's stupid because you have all these extra cards but like in standard when it was in standard it was a legitimate control deck and i felt like it was better because it gave me more consistency and i didn't like you know all the one drop i mean i did play a hell of a lot of raza priest don't get me wrong like i played i played a ton of raza priest and i would machine gun people in the face but you know given my druthers i would play big (laughs) priest over that yeah yeah those were kind of the things that were going on back then i mean is there anything else that stands out as you think about the difference between 
what was Hearthstone in 2017 and what is Hearthstone today? Like, I guess actually, actually the way I would want to ask this question, like which of your dreams were fully realized or have been now looking back and which are still deferred? Mm. Um, what are the I things mean, that come to mind? It's, oh, that's, that's an, that's a really interesting question. So like, I think that they've, I mean, certainly the economy is way better. Right. Like the oh, yeah, the, oh, the yeah. economy is like and, and I know that there was that there was that big uproar when they changed from gold to XP. But like the fact that like I can treat this like a and, and I know that I'm privileged because I've you know I've got a collection and I have the money to spend it to pay, to pay for this. But I can kind of treat this like a living card game, like more like a net runner where I can basically buy the set. By, by buying one bundle now, which was yeah, not necessarily yeah. the case. Like, I think, you know, you and I in that first card review, I, I will go back to this. I opened up three copies of Lakari Sacrifice oh, out of Angora right. because we didn't even have <laughs> duplicate protection for legendaries no, back then. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, now we have duplicate protection across the board, but even back then, like, we didn't even have duplicate protection for legendaries. And I was, like, scrimping... Just to be, I mean, I got the like a small bundle, I think, and then that was it. And like whatever gold I had saved up, and I didn't open that many legendaries. And like three of them were were Lakari Sacrifice, and which which I was that was one of the first ones I was right about. And unfortunately, I was right in saying that it was terrible. (laughs) But but you know, but that's that's kind of a big difference from today. At least like knowing that when you open a card, you're not going to open it again. Like Mm -hmm. that's it, it. It's hard to. It, like that and like the the way that the the ladder works now like those are i think the two biggest things that are like drastically different than when i started the show like when i started yeah, the show yeah. there was there was duplicate they just put in duplicate protection for legendaries and ladder was you started at rank like like between 16 and 20 and you just went up to um you went up to legend with you would get a you would get a, a win streak if you were lucky, and you uh, they eventually I think that was after they put in the floors at like fifteen ten and five. But you just started from nothing and you fought against you know top one hundred players if you happen to queue into mm-hmm. them, yep. and or or you play against you know people who just like you know they got to like you know rank fifteen and that was it. Like it was complete chaos in those first couple of days of who you were going to queue into. And you just kept playing and then you would hold like I remember the days of I mean, certainly before the floors, but even after like rank five was the kind of place where before the floors, that was where like things got real. Right. Like um, that was like a halfway point of the climb. And even after that, even after the floor was there, like it was even more of a grind than it is now. I think I think that it's still a grind to get to legend but i mean three stars versus five stars per per rank is kind of a big difference and like you know having a bad loss streak just kind of set you back for like a week there were times when you would get to you know the equivalent oh i guess it was rank one back then oh, yeah. you would get to rank yeah. one and then you would fall down to seven or eight or ten. Oh gosh yeah and those were the worst i mean the the floors really changed everything as far as like seeing the time investment into the game as something that yeah sometimes you're not going to quite get where you want to be but at least you're not gonna you know uh go back too far yeah i remember there was one i think this was in karazhan i i 
think I it must have I think it was a tempo mage that I picked up and I just went on a tear and ended up at like rank three. This was before the floors. Ended mm-hmm. up in rank three, where I had no business playing in like rank three. I remember queuing into a Maz while he was streaming. And he was he was calling me out for being a crappy player, which I I mean, in fairness, I was back then, but you didn't have to say it. Um, but, um, because I want, I, I completely lucked into a win against him on stream. I think I still have the video on my, um, on my hard drive somewhere. Oh, cool. But it like, and I, I just shot up to three at like the beginning of the month and then I cratered back down to rank 12 and that's like mentally like crushing, right? Like, Like doing that. And, and even like afterwards, like I had plenty of climbs in the old ladder system where I would get to the final boss and crater all the way down to five and have to climb all the way back up again. And that's like, it's probably an unhealthy amount of Hearthstone I was playing at the time. It probably, it probably still is an unhealthy amount of Hearthstone <laughs> playing. But if we're real. If we're being real about it. But it's, I mean, it's like that kind of a thing. Like even, even now like that, it's like half the number of games that you have to climb back if it's not there. So I think those are really the things that are realized. Um, what What haven't they... I, I think the one thing that I've been asking for that I think might I, I, I still kind of believe this. I think the rotating core set is kind of um and we'll see how what, what it looks like when they start messing around with core yeah. at this rotation, because we've mm-hmm. never seen them do that. I've yeah. always kind of wanted them to do a one in, one out on rotation instead of doing a full year, just to keep the meta fresher, right? Like mm, right. some of these cards that come in in a in a in the first set of the year they just you know you never get rid of them right and and some of sometimes these de- you know these decks just kind of stick around like we're playing against Liberum Paladin again now mm-hmm. right and it's like it's fine but it's like i've been playing against Liberum Paladin for 2 years i really love to not play against Liberum Paladin anymore like like it's not right. even like it's not even that i'm annoyed by it it's just like i've seen this right i would and if we were doing one in one out even if you were keeping five sets in the metal all the time like Liberums would be gone because they were Ashes of Outland. And and mm. and it's also kind of like the the meta kind of it, it depends on like how many cards are in the meta, like what kind of a meta you end up getting, as opposed to maybe having a slightly more consistent number of cards to work with in the format. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know and, and again with the with core rotating and then tweaking core, maybe they have more tools to be able to keep things fresh that way, but it yeah. would also be great to kind of know that you know you're not sitting you're not playing against the same deck for two years i mean again there are different forms of it like the liberum paladin we're playing now was not the liberum paladin we were playing against you know in, in i mean we weren't even playing against it in outland it wasn't until scholomance became a thing but mm. um it's definitely not the same deck that we're playing against but it would be kind of nice to you know get you get more shake up when you remove things than when you add things yes and it, it's become such a normal part of our experience for the latter for that first expansion of the year to feel really dry and like we're using you know certain cards that aren't necessarily very powerful but you know more more value oriented you think about like venomous scorpion earlier this year was in every deck you know and now it's not even a thought because because we don't need it anymore yeah Uh, i remember saying something like if we're still playing mancrick in you know i was probably even in um in stormwind there's a problem, right? Like Mancrick right, was everywhere. Right. If like if we're still playing a three mana three four that gets you a three seven later, like I, there's probably something wrong with the format if that's if that card's still seeing a lot of play. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's fun, and I think um, I think it's helpful. Like, there are lots of people listening to your show who have been playing as long as we have. You know, from the very beginning, or at least close to the beginning, have seen the game evolve over time. But I know that Hearthstone's had a huge surge over the past year of interest, uh, either from people who put the game down for a long time or who have never picked it up, and. So uh, I, I think it's helpful even for those who haven't been on the ride for the whole time to hear, man, there's there's a lot to be thankful for in this game. And uh, it's it's clear that the people behind it, I mean, have never yeah. cared more, it seems. Uh, and I think that uh, as long as the people there can continue to advocate for themselves and for the health of the company, man, I, I just see yeah. this team in particular just killing it and probably probably this next year just continuing to one-up themselves I'm, I'm really excited to see what announcements they have for the beginning of the year um I, yeah. I i just it seems like they always have something unexpected during that time and i think that uh building off of all of the experimenting that they've done over the past year or two and and the ways that they've shifted things i i bet we're Gonna, I mean, we've got a whole new game mode in the system just yeah. as, a, as of a, a month ago. So uh, they, they have to continue to iterate and figure out what is this. It really feels like a three mode game now. You got Hearthstone, you got Battlegrounds, you got Mercenaries. Uh, and like, how do we continue to push the, the whole package? So it'd be fun to see what they have. And I should say, like, I have like all like all the respect in the world for the folks that are respond that that are responsible for making the game. And, and I may not agree with everything that they do. You know, and, sure. and that's OK. Yeah. I think that's I think mm-hmm. that's fine to, you know, not always agree with everything that they do. But I think that they've they've done, uh, you know, as a whole, like especially over the past year or two, um, really, really since like, I mean, as much as I didn't like them adding Demon Hunter, I, I still, you know, I mean, I've kind of I've I've come to terms with it now. At the time, I didn't like the idea. And I still I was I felt like I was kind of right for the first couple sets anyway. Um, but I, I feel like they're willing to take bold chances and they're what they're doing, whether I agree with it all the time or not is always feels like it's in the best interest of the game. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. there, there's always going to be people who are like, Oh, well, you know, they're just trying to separate us from our money. Like, well, no, they need to make money to keep making the game. Right. Like, yes, I mean, they do. <laughs> like, like, like Activision's a big company. Sure. But like, if the game doesn't make money, we don't get the game anymore. So they do need mm-hmm. to sell things. And, I mean, they've kind of come up with different ways to do that with, you know, all the cosmetics. We're almost too many cosmetics that we're getting now. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, I you know, for, for so long it was like Magni, Medivh, Illyria, or the base portraits, and that was it. And that's it, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and now it's like we've got so many, I don't even, I don't, I, I don't even look at some of the bundles because, like, I'm, I'm not going to play that over the portraits I have. Right, right, um, yeah. But it's like everything that they're doing is in the best interest of the game. They're really they've been extremely open and approachable mm-hmm. and, and willing to engage on Twitter um, if you have questions or, or even, you know, just to, you know, voice concerns or whatever, as long as you're obviously as long as you're doing it respectfully and you should be. Um, right. But like everything that they've been doing, it, it feels like they have the best interest of the game at heart and they want it to be around for a long time. Right. Like they mm-hmm. could easily if they wanted to cash out of this thing. Right. Like they could just oh, sure. yeah. jack up all the all the levers, extract as much money as they can and then call it a day. And I, I don't ever really feel like they're doing that. I do feel like the decisions that they're making, they want the game to be as best, the best game that it can because their players too. I mean, a lot of the people who are on the dev team have come out of the competitive community or the, the casting community or the, mm-hmm. or the podcast community in the case of Alec. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and 
I think that that really does, regardless of the individual decisions, all the deci- the decision making as a whole has really been so great over the past like year or two. And I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to the other things that they that they have in store. Yeah. I agree. Well, Steve, we should hit some of these AMA yeah. questions because we've got some some great things here from okay. people who are friends and listeners. And I we got to kick it off with uh, with our our friend Samurai Flea, who okay. was the first one in here, and truly from the beginning for both of yeah. us. He's, yeah, he's and, been and I should say Samurai second. Flea has been a mod of the Discord since day one, and mm-hmm. has been even though he doesn't play Hearthstone as, as much as he as he used to, like honestly could not have gotten the Discord off the ground. And 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 made the community what it is without him. So absolutely, um, you know, one of the like one of the people who's like one of the unsung heroes of this show, a hundred percent. I think every community is like that, where there are some people who you know in the shadows are like really making stuff happen, and he's one of them. Uh, yeah. been faithful for a long time, and he actually said no actual question. Just want to say thank you for all that you do for the community, and congrats on 200 episodes. Oh my god, you're gonna make me cry! Don't do that. I know. We just start. <laughs> we, we we start with the emotional one here, man. Okay. Okay. Let, let's quickly get to the real question then. Okay. Uh, Robo- Robotron asks, "How do you possibly manage time for all of the things? Many thanks for all your efforts. Um, um, I don't sleep." <laughs> so that's that's a good that's way to kind start. Of, that's a good place to start. I mean, I, I I will admit the pandemic has been I don't want to say good for me in that respect, but like it was a lot harder before the pandemic because I had like a two hour commute. Mm. Right? Um total. Well, actually sometimes each way, right? Wow. Um like I, I was I I live quite a ways out of Boston, right? And sure. I work in Boston. Um so, like, I would have to deal with, like, the Mass Pike the whole way, which if you are have ever driven in Boston, like, it's the second worst road in Boston as far as traffic is concerned. It's not it's not I-93, but it's close. Um, so I, what I was doing is I was, like, driving halfway through back roads taking, and then taking a train into the office every day, which was consistently, mm-hmm. like, a two-hour um, like two commute because I would have to leave – like I would have to like my train was at like seven fifty, but I would have to get there at seven thirty or the or the lot would fill up and then okay. I would have to drive in anyway. So I would just be sitting in my car for twenty minutes waiting for the next train to go by before I got up for my train. But I mean that did give me some time not really to play Hearthstone as much because the, the Wi Fi on the train was crap, but it did give me some time if I needed to edit or edit podcasts or um I mean I just would play games on my Switch. Um, But I I mean, I guess the answer is that I just find the time and and one of the kind of the blessings and the curses of ADHD is hyper focus and not really necessarily being able to to stop myself, um, you know, when I get into something. So I will kind of hyper focus on Hearthstone sometimes and I'll, you know, I'll spend a lot of time playing that or I'll like when I built the dashboard, I just kind of got into like this this fugue state where I was just coding and then all of a sudden it started working and then I just kind of iterated on it. And now it's kind of – I don't have to do that much to it if I don't want to add new features because it kind of just runs. And, and I kind of just have like – it's like 15 minutes to refresh it. But hmm. – um, and, and, and I guess the other, the other answer is that my wife is amazingly supportive, like mm. so supportive. And like she understands like where this is – like 
you know, and, and I'm not quitting my job to podcast and stream full time. Like, let's be right, really right. clear. Right. <laughs> like, that's that is not a thing that's happening. Like, I, I enjoy my work and I enjoy the paycheck that comes with my work. And I don't feel like podcasting and streaming full time is something that would replace that. And, and I don't I actually kind of like having my hobby be separate from my job to mm. some extent. Like there's crossover, yeah. but it's not like I, I don't I, like I don't know that I would be able to like do the kinds of things that I do for like the Masters Tour dashboard full time for, you know, if, if that turned into a pay thing. Like I probably could if I, you know, if it came down to it. But there is kind of like I do like having like a, a, a professional life and a personal life that's separate. Mm. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's just not, it's not even really anything that I think about. I, you know, my wife is incredibly supportive. I have, you know, I mean, my kids are at the point where I spend a lot of time with them, but they also have their own lives too. Right. Um, they're, they're teenagers. They don't need to be spending all the time with my dad. I mean, we watched, we sat down, we all sat down and watched the game, game awards last night. And my two daughters were like Statler and Waldorf in the, in the balcony <laughs> for half of it. But, you know, and then, and then they go off and do their own thing. And I have time to kind of do this kind of stuff by myself. And, and, and I'm grateful for that. And, and, and like, you know, I find, I find pieces of time, right? Like that's how the podcast started. Like I didn't really have time to do another podcast, but I found like, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, like to and from the train station, which was kind of dead time, right? Like I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be listening to other podcasts, but I'm like, okay, I can use this, right? So I, I had that time that I knew was going to be pretty much uninterrupted. And I wasn't really, I mean, I was concentrating on the road, but I can talk and, and drive at the same time. Sure. So I yeah. would just kind of find bits and pieces of time and kind of stitch them together and and do things. It's not, there's no secret to my success in that regard. And I'm sure that I, and you know, I do sacrifice sleep sometimes just because I can't shut my brain off. So mm-hmm. it is kind of a blessing and a curse. But um, I mean, I think that, you know, if you if you care about something, you'll find the time to do it, I guess. Yes. But also like ADHD makes that a lot easier because you kind of get into a point where you can't not find the time because your brain won't let you. Mm. Yeah, it it's the adage or the old adage of where there's a will, there's a way. Right. Yeah. And I I think that the other side of that, too, is just finding satisfaction where you're at also and in what you can do. It's t- like uh, if, if I could be running a weekly podcast right now, I absolutely would. Uh, and so it's tough to want to do that, but to recognize I legitimately like there are things in my life that are a higher priority, like my family that are going to suffer if I do that right now. Um, yeah. But Steve has been the chief reminder for me anytime I discord him and say, man, I want to jump on the mic again to say, <laughs> hey, that time will come again. OK, yeah. like Lord willing, like kids will grow up, they will become more independent and, and there yeah. will be a time when you can get behind that again. So yeah. and, and then in the meantime, small things like this. So so no matter how you look at that Robotron, if you uh, wish that there was something else that you had more time for, you look at your life, you figure out, OK, are my priorities right? If they're not, then readjust them. And if they are, then it's OK for right now that they look a little different, you know? Yeah, and I guess the other thing there, there's a uh, an account I follow on Twitter called Black Girl Lost Keys, and and who's an ADHD advocate. But I think this can kind of go for anything, right? For not you don't necessarily have to have ADHD for this to, to but it's more important if you do. And, and one thing that she says over and over again is guard your yes with your life, right? Ooh, that, that's good. Yeah, that and and I've kind of I've I've been on the other side of that. And I've so I've kind of misstepped on that regard. And I am very careful about what I commit to. 
like the reason that I do the podcast the way I do is because I couldn't commit to doing it with an with a co-host because the coordination right, wasn't right. going to be that much. There like as many things as you see me doing, there are also things that I've not done or I've backed away from because they didn't feel like it wasn't a hell yes, right? If right. it's not if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And mm. so like there are nights where I'm not up to streaming and I don't, right? Or there are some opportunities that I've passed up because I couldn't I, I I not even that I couldn't make them work, but I didn't want to push myself to do it. Right. So there is as much as I'm doing, I'm also kind of making that possible by being very careful about what I do commit to. That's the reason I don't have a Patreon. I, I've thought about it, but I've never started a Patreon just because it's always felt like a commitment to do more. Right. right. And that's something right. that and, and maybe it doesn't have to be that way. And I know I've had a number of conversations about that. Um, and I probably could do it and I probably would not end up doing any more work than I, than I need to. But there's always been kind of that like taking money for that kind of makes it a commitment that I haven't mm-hmm. been comfortable doing. So I haven't. Right. So it's it's it. There is kind of a balance there. And, it, and it's it's not easy, especially when it's something that you really want to do. But you have to say no to it because you know that it's going to it's, it's going to backfire if you do it. And, and because there is a point where you just kind of do too much, right? It's right. not about time. It's just about energy and your body just says no mas. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. It's good. All right. Dr. Acula actually only sent in emojis. Hand clap, party face. I, th- I think he's just okay. excited for um, you. So <laughs> cry, Crying smile and prayer hands. There you go. <laughs> uh, Smiley Chris asks, what's your second favorite cr- class? Also, congrats on 200 episodes. What's my second favorite class? The one that wins usually? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Sam Rifley added in, they added a second class? Yeah. Um, what would be, like, if I had to choose a second class, right, what would it be? I mean, I could go by my wins, and it's probably Mage. Really? Okay, that surprises me. I'm pretty sure it's mage. You know, I mean, it's going to be a control class. It's definitely not warrior. It's not shaman. It's not warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if, if we're just going to go by process of elimination, it's sure as hell it's not demon hunter. No offense, right, Draco, right. Pat, if you're listening. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it, it could be druid. Like, it, it's probably back and forth between, between druid and mage, but it's probably mage just because mm-hmm. it feels like you know, Mage is going to kind of do the 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 quote unquote chicks love the long dig the long ball type of thing, right? Like where you're doing okay. <laughs> and not not to be not to be sexist or anything, just because uh, like that's the that's the phrase, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But just like you know, the big flashy things, casting twenty mana, mana of, of spells for four mana, puzzle box, you know, repeated puzzle boxes, um, you know, the big flashy combos. Like it's kind of gotten a little bit too far in that direction lately mm-hmm. with Quest Mage, but like. Quest Mage, as much as I hate playing against it, you, you, I, I played my fair amount of that, and I did enjoy sure. some of that when I did it, right? And, like, those types of things. I do like the control-style mages. Like, Highlander Mage was always a deck I would jam. Big Spell mm-hmm. Mage was certainly a deck I jammed a lot of. Um, like, you know, I liked, I liked, you know, Amazing Reno was always fun to play. Um, even going back to, like, Flame Waker Tempo Mage, right? Like, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because like one of the only like in old gods, right? One of the first legendaries I pulled was Yogg. And mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it, I'm making this work. 
And I remember playing, there was a Chinese tempo mage. That was the name of it because it was a Chinese player. This was back before we had any visibility into the Chinese meta. That, like, right. it was like messages from a bottle when we would get a deck from China. Right? That's true, yeah. And and it was like Flame Wakers and Sorcerer's Apprentices and, um, like, it, it, like, Kabbalist Home and, like, everything that would give you a, a spell. And then you would just basically just try to play Yogg and hope Yogg won the game. And that was my jam. And I, I loved that deck. Or even, mm-hmm. like, Tempo Mage even before that with, like, I remember reading, like, APX Void's posts on competitive HS or, or where he and Zandale would be arguing about, like, Ragnaros versus um, versus Antonitis as a finisher, right? Oh, okay. Like, those days, like, I, I loved Flame Waker and, and making that stuff work, too. So it probably is mm-hmm. Mage. I think it has okay. to be. Okay. Nice. Well, well, to iterate on that, Number Theory asks, how did you land on Priest as your main class? Was it, was that an instant thing, or did it, or did it evolve over time? It, it was very early. It was extremely early. Um, so uh, let me take a step back before pre-Hearthstone, right? Like, the way I ended up getting into healing classes in general, and, like, I never played WoW, but I played Guild Wars. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember Guild Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, there like, was no monthly subscription. That was exactly, the, that's the reason I played it. <laughs> so okay. there you go. And and so I played a bunch of Guild Wars when that first came out. And what I learned was if I wanted to get into uh, there, there was a point where, and I guess it's probably in M- every MMO, but I haven't played a lot of MMOs where mm-hmm. it kind of forces you to go into like group play. Like there's okay. just stuff that content that you're just not get, at least in Guild Wars. There's content that you need to get through in order to advance, and you can't do it alone. Um, and, and I would spend like 20 minutes waiting in, in LFG, like waiting for a group. And what I learned was every group needed a monk, which is the healer class, which is the healer class in Guild Wars. Gotcha. Like, well, okay. if I want to play, <laughs> I'm going to play a monk. So I, I played a monk and I ended up liking it. And then that's when I ended up playing like, you know, so I, I end up playing supports in Overwatch because I can't hit the broadside of a barn and, and that sort of <laughs> thing. So I, I'm kind of drawn to healer classes anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but even then, like, I remember, like, when I first started playing after I got it on my phone, I, you know, I, I, I knew that it was, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't, like, the starter decks were, were crap, and I didn't really know how to build a deck, and I found an article on, like, you know, good basic decks, and one of them was a priest deck, and it was, like, I, I don't remember what happened, but I played, uh, Northshire Cleric on board, and I played Holy Nova, and I drew a million cards, and like, okay. I would like to do that a lot more. <laughs> and and that was that was kind of where I um where I fell in love with it. I, I didn't really get to play priest properly for a long time because the control cards were all epics. So like light bomb was something I could never afford. Like I remember trying to build like a budget, a quote unquote budget priest deck when um when uh League of Explorers came out and that was when they brought in Entomb. Okay. Um, oh yeah, but, that was a big deal. Yeah, it was it was a huge big deal. But it's like, well, I need light bombs. And I don't have light bombs, mm-hmm. and I can't really do what I want to do because I don't have the tools to do it. And so, like, you know, old gods was the first time that I, you know, once the rotation happened, like, okay, well, now I can play priest, and then it was old gods, and it's like, okay, well, priest isn't a class, <laughs> so <laughs> I never really got to play a like a, a, a proper control priest for quite a while i didn't even get to play priest in general to like dragon priest just because mm. that was the first time the priest was actually viable I mean, well okay i shouldn't say that because there was kibler's 
um, shadow form control priest that I played in Karazhan. Oh, wow. <laughs> because shadow form lets you kill totems and you needed to keep totems off the board because of the, the inspire minion that gave them mm-hmm. all plus two attack. I don't yeah. know what the hell the name of it was. Um, but it took me a long time to really, you know, be able to play it. But once I got into playing priest, I, I mean, obviously it's, it's what I would be rather be playing more than anything else when it's viable. That's good. Samurai Flea, uh, actually adds to that. What's your all time favorite priest card and deck? My all time favorite. I mean, my all time favorite deck is going to be the void ripper control priest that I built. I mean, sure. that that, yep. that has to be, right? Like, yep. that was... I mean, I guess it's a tie between that and, and, and Cloning Gallery. Like, okay, yeah. Those two, I think, I, I like the... I mean, I like the, the Void Ripper Control Priest because it was, like, the first one that I, I felt like I built and that I knew how to pilot better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Cloning Gallery was a blast, though. I know people hated that deck. But, like, the four minion Cloning Gallery Priests... Like this was this was Ilganoth before Ilganoth existed. Like I remember there was I playing against a warrior still to this day. I mean, I don't remember every game I played too many, right? But like I remember there was one game against a warrior where they were at like ninety health and I and I blew them out in one turn with that deck. That's nutty. And it, it was it was <laughs> it was bananas. Like they thought that they had to think they were safe and I just I just pieced something together and mathed it out and and like and you would think i like otk demon hunter more than i do i can't play that deck for some reason because it feels it's exactly the same thing but um but yeah i love that deck I, what's my what's my favorite card it's I mean, void you, that's your favorite I, well, priest well, card. well i mean that, that's um, not yeah. a priest card though it's a neutral i mean how do you <laughs> choose between your joke. babies though right like is it shadow reaper anduin i mean is it's it, not uh, it's definitely not shadow reaper yeah. anduin it's not even any of the big priest cards probably okay okay it's probably dracon operative honestly oh no that's a good choice yeah yeah i, I like dracon i'm dracon operative was fun i know people hate having their cards played against them but i mean especially just like the secret agent coming through like like everything about that card was just it, it, you know, delightful kind of in a way. Was it secretagentcomingthrough.com? Or oh, something? they probably Do you remember it was that? like a you're the man yeah. now dog type of thing. Yeah. You just click and Draconid Operative pops up. And <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess it would, it would, it would either, I'm, I'm going to give you two answers to everything because I can't choose, but, or, or convincing infiltrators probably the other one just because I still love, I mean, that's, that's oh, the, sure. yep. that's the new follow, uh, you know, sound on my stream because I still love like oh, greetings nice. fellow humans. Like I love that. Yep. Like it's just, it yeah. tickles me. I know people hate that. Well, I mean, every, people hate every priest card. So whatever. I shouldn't even have to say that, but like, <laughs> um, but like just the, you know, it was just the light, that little touch of like greetings, fellow humans. He's in like the, the cloak and he's trying to, and he's not convincing at all. And it's just, yeah. it's, you know, just kind of tickles me every single time. It reminds me of the, uh, the meme. How do you do fellow human or fellow yeah, yeah. teenagers? Fellow, yeah. Fellow, yeah. Fellow kids. Yeah. He, he, fellow he, kids, he, that's it. He, he dressed up like that for Halloween this year. I saw John, Steve Buscemi. Steve yeah, Buscemi. I saw yeah. that and was like, "Oh my gosh, that's yeah, that's nuts." Okay, that's good. Samurai Flea follows up that question with, "What is your all-time least favorite card, and why is it Caverns Below?" Oh no, it's not Caverns Below. It's it's uh, Kingsbane. <laughs> it's Kingsbane. 100%. Oh yeah, and why yeah, is it Kingsbane? No. Kings. I just Kingsbane is like one of the first decks, and and like there's a lot of them now that you were completely helpless to interact with as a control deck. Yeah. Completely helpless. Like there was literally nothing you could do against that deck aside from like some very fringe 
and even then like that nothing that you'd have available in priest like you'd have to be like you know putting emptying their deck and then and then killing their weapon and then waiting for their weapon to die and then gnome ferratoing it or something right yeah like to to be able to kill it like there was just like a bunch of decks and and especially when it got good for like those five minutes when when um they they had leeching poison that was a persistent effect um and not just for the for that turn like i i hated i did a whole episode about that i did a whole episode about about hating king's Bane. i never did that about caverns below i mean i guess that was too early but um because that would have been i mean the first time would have been before i started the show though i i mean it was around plenty in the early days but yeah king's Bane always was the one card that i would just like i would just quit I, i would just concede it was, we needed sticky fingers in the same set that that released yeah, because yeah, that, that exactly. was the only actual tech card that mattered against it. There was nothing to do. Yeah, there was no that. Uh, that or you burned or you burned it off the top of their deck. That was basically yeah, it. Yeah, but that um, was such a such a random. Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I actually, I I did. I, it's been a while since I told this story. I actually did complete the road caverns below as priest at one point. I don't. Wow. I know it. I know I've told the story, but I think I got like it was like Curious Glimmerroot gave me the quest because Cl- Curious Glimmerroot was like a card that started in the opponent's deck. So it gave oh, me. The, okay. Yeah. So it gave me the quest, and I must have like had Draken and Operative give me Shadow Steps or something, and I managed to to finish That's the road so quest nuts. as priest. Yeah. It it didn't matter <laughs> because like. Your card still costs like six and seven, so it's right, not like right. you know making them all five fives is going to matter. But I was happy that I did it. I felt like I felt like I won that game, even though I didn't you actually win that something. game. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, Ohm fifty one asks: Do any of your kids play Hearthstone? They have in the past. They don't anymore. Um, my oldest started playing, and then and then she just kind of fell out of it. And one of the twins also got into it for a little while, and we bought her a bunch of packs, and then you know she just kind of lost interest. It's there if she wants to go back to it. Um, I don't really want to force them into, um, you know, into my interests. Uh, if they're going to mm-hmm. come along to that, then, you know, it, it's up to them. And if they want to learn how to play, I'm happy to teach them. But they're uh, they're much more into D&D than I am. I, I'm not a D&D person oh, at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't. I can't wrap my head around I mean, it's not that I can't wrap my head around it. I understand how it works. I can't, I can't get into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a big time commitment, but... They uh they enjoy D and D a lot more than I do, and but we you know we have games that we enjoy together that are not that. Um, so I, I don't need I, I don't need to force that on them just to have something for them to you know to have in common with them. But mm-hmm. it's you know we they've tried we've introduced it to them. I mean Maureen's been part of that too, and um you know and if they come back to it in a couple of years, I mean when they're a little bit able to think a little bit more strategically now that they're a little bit older, you know I'm happy to sit down with them and help them out, but. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I, I, but I want it to be fun for them. Right. Like, I don't want it to be yeah, like, yeah, you need, yeah. Like you need to do this cause daddy does it. This is the thing that daddy does. Right. Like they don't know they should be their own people. Gotta let your kids find their own identity. Yeah. But what absolutely. about you? But what about your identity? He also asks, do you consider Hearthstone your main game? And what was it before picking up Hearthstone? What was it? Okay. I, I mean, I would consider it my main game. I don't, I, I get very careful about not making it my identity, right? Sure, Just yeah. because mm-hmm. I think there's a fine line there, and I think that's where things start to get toxic when you start mingling your identity. Like, I, I'm, I'm a lot of things, like a, 
a Hearthstone streamer and podcaster is one of them, but it's mm-hmm. it's not my entire identity. There's definitely you know yeah, again yeah. crossover and overlap between the, you know all the different parts of my life, but and, and it's a big part of my life to be sure. Um, but I, I don't know that I would call it my identity. It probably is my main game. Um, it's it's definitely one of them. I mean, I do play a fair amount of, t- of Team Fight Tactics mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, I kind of switch off between this and that because I enjoy that as well. And I'll, I'll play you know console games. You know, we just got a PS5. I've been playing through Ghost of, Sh- of Tsushima. Um, okay. You know, played through a God of War and Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm like, I'm trying to make more time for console games that I haven't really had time for in the past. Like, I, that's why I got, uh, you know, I used to do those on the Switch on the train. Um, but before that, I never really had, like, a good setup to be able to do that. So I am I am playing some more, you know, console games or, you know, and, and trying to make sure that I'm completing them and not just going from one to another in, like, an ADHD fugue state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what was my main game before Hearthstone? I think it was Desert Golfing. <laughs> what? I, I, yeah, I had a really, a really big Desert Golfing phase. Um, what, what is Desert Golf? I'm okay. So I'm Desert Golf. Okay. So Desert Golfing is a game for the phone. Okay. This is the stupidest thing ever, by the way. <laughs> um, it is like Atari 2600 level graphics. Okay. And and all you do is there's a there's like two shades of brown and an indent in the in the ground and you can pull your the ball back and you launch it towards the ball, towards the hole. You get into the hole, it advances to the next one and it just goes forever. That's all it is. Huh. Okay. It's it's stupid, but it's like it's the kind of thing that you start playing it and it's like I was I was undiagnosed ADHD at the time. Right. Right. So this is the kind of thing that I got kind of sucked down a hole on. Um, No pun intended. And (laughs) and and just like it just drew me in in a way that like I was just playing it constantly just because it was something to do with my hands, basically. Um, Like I wasn't even like particular. I mean, it it would be challenging. Like there's something it was all procedurally generated. Right. So like some of the whole like it wasn't like there's just like a a whole design around it. I'm sure that there's somebody went in and like tweaked some things just to make sure that they were possible. But, like, you know, some of them would just be, like, you know, put this a little bit along the way. It's all 2D, like, you know, flat plane, by the way. There's not. Right, right. You know, I mean, it's Atari 2600 graphics, but, like, um, and some of them would just, like, have all these rock formations that would get generated that were just, like, impossible and would take you, like, a week to clear it. Jeez. Um, and, it would, and it would track your your strokes, but it wouldn't tell you that it was doing it <laughs> until until you got to a certain point. And they would tell you, oh, yeah, you got, you, you know, this was your score. And there was nothing you could do to like reset it or start over. Even if you, I think, even if you deleted the game, it would it would like keep it somewhere on the phone. It was, it was. A, I, I'm I'm spending more time talking about it than it probably deserves. But, I don't know, man. Sounds yeah. like it was a game changer for you. So it, it, it was good. And there was there was a there was a sequel a couple years ago or maybe a year or two ago called Golf on Mars, which is basically just more of the same. Nice. Um, it was fun for the time, but it was it was definitely something that was just kind of you know occupying my hands. But I mean, it's like. I was never, like, until recently, right, like, I wouldn't really be able to play anything that wasn't, like, even console games were difficult just because getting the time to do it and having the attention span to do it, to, like, sit down in front of a television. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what it's like with small kids, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to get that uninterrupted time to do that. And, like, I would do some, some gaming, like, on the bike or whatever, but even then that's kind of difficult for like a long involved console game or anything like a real time like a like a rpg or anything like that right right that's good 
We got one more question to wrap it okay. up here. Necro Dan asks, does Steve's knowledge of data science influence decisions in Hearthstone matches? And if so, how? Um, okay, so I'm going to say one thing first. I am not a data scientist, and I really don't know data science as much as people think I do. Mm. Um, data, I, what my, well, it's, it's applications manager now, but I was a data architect, not right, a data right. scientist um, before I was a manager. I've gotten mm-hmm. promoted because, you know, I'm good at what I do, you know, pass it good. <laughs> um, but like, I, so data science is actually like, I don't really, I, I know what I know from like, you know, rough Googling, but if you're at, if you're be asking me to like build a data science experiment, I would not be able to do it. And I've, I've and I, I don't, I, I'm pretty open about that. Like I, people think that what I do is data science. Really, I, I manage data analysts and data engineers. Um, and that's, that's kind of the work that I've done. So I, I do like the things that I do for the dashboard, right. Are basically what I do for work. Like I build out pipelines to load the data into a place where I can analyze and then I build the analysis over it. But like, there's no fancy math in there beyond like, I think we did like a Posca and I did like a tier list calculation that was a little bit involved, but it wasn't, it was, it was like, you know, regular math. It wasn't anything machine learning. Um, so like I there's not a lot of so I I, I and I think it's it's just important for me to say because like I don't want to overstep like where my skills are my skills no, are not no. data science and right. and for those of us who are way outside of that I mean I work in marketing communications in my full time job so I work with numbers but like data analysis data like I kind of lump all of this together so it, it could just be uh, just a lack of knowledge um, for what that comes from but I mean definitely you're you're a guy who is good with numbers and right. good at helping to analyze and figure out okay what do these things mean that's what I mean that's one of the reasons I listen to your show so often is because you're you're thinking from a different perspective than I typically do um, and I, I, I guess really what he's asking here is that from that perspective how does that influence your decision while you're playing a game of Hearthstone, and and what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I'll play. I'll, I'll run the percentages sometimes um, when when it's appropriate, right? Like I'll I've been getting very annoyed lately because I've been playing Devolving Missiles, and Devolving Missiles has been having a tendency to all hit the same target. Oh boy! And <laughs> I had a game yesterday where there were six minions on board, and they all hit the one. And Ooh. that's not good for me for keeping you from tilting no. <laughs> when you know what the numbers are and you know exactly how unlikely it is that that's going to happen. And it happens anyway. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, I mean, I, I will kind of, you know, look at look at some things like, OK, well, I know that, you know, if I have this many cards in my deck, I mean, you can see those kinds of numbers anyway. But like, you know, I know it's re- reasonably likely for this to happen. I generally will approach it more in deck building like I. I that was how I came very quickly to the point where I knew the Vandar was a bait because, mm. you know, you can run, you can just go and look for a hypergeometric hyper calculator to tell you what the stats are of drawing a, drawing a card and being able to play it on turn four from a 30 card deck. Right. And it's, it's low, it's below 40%. Mm. Um, so it's like, it, it basically, you're asking for a high roll once in every three games with that. And then, you know, the other games, you basically have to build your deck in a way that is really great if you draw Vandar and really terrible if you don't, right? Um, so, like, those types of things that will come into play, I I try to be a little bit more mathematical, but I, I will tilt off the planet just like everybody else. And 
it, it, like I said, it's sometimes worse knowing what the odds are when right. they don't go your way. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, it's, it is something that I, I wish I was better at, you know, thinking about those things more before I just play cards. Mm. Um, it's definitely something that's held me back and I've gotten better at it. But I also kind of just snap play sometimes when I'm tired. Um, and, and I don't think about those things as much as I ought to. But I will, like, I'll, I'll find them more, a lot more when I'm coaching someone, which is not sure, often yeah. other than Maureen, mm-hmm. um, than when I'm playing myself. Because then I'll, I'll, I'll point those things out and then we're talking through them because I'm, I'm, like, in a, in a, you know, in that kind of a mindset. But when I'm just jamming games, I, I wish that I was more attentive to that than I, than I actually am, I guess I would say. Mm. That's good. Well, that wraps up all of our questions, Steve. Uh, we all can right. probably start landing the plane here on on episode number two zero zero. I know, uh, I know, I would be bereft if I didn't take just a minute on behalf of the community to thank you, man. I know that you know you spoke a lot in this episode, and you and I have spoken a lot about like how you set up this this podcast to really be something that makes sense for you, but. I know that anytime I see that a new episode's dropping, I'm I, even even now I'm I'm excited to listen to it. I know there's going to be something that's going to be helpful for me, um, and I, I'm going to enjoy listening to uh, you know a friend in the space. So um, yeah. I, I know that everybody who tunes in feels the same way. And so uh, thank you for doing 200, and thanks for serving the community so well, man. I mean, and, and thank you for doing this and taking the time because I know what it's like with, you know, I mean, I don't know. I know with three kids, a four is even beyond my scope of understanding. But, Jeez. you know, I know what it's like with, <laughs> with twins in the house and, and everything else to be able to take the time to to do this even for an hour. And I am eternally grateful that you were able to, you know, jump on this. And 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 I am looking forward to the day when we get you behind the mic. And if, you know, we can do card reviews again, I'm I'm oh for sure. You know, I'm I'm 100 percent looking forward to that. And and I, I really am just really grateful for everybody in the community. Like I'm I'm still just blown away when I get any sort of support and not not saying that, like, you know, I, I don't deserve it. But it feels like I you know, I just do what I do. Right. Like I don't I've I've always kind of done this because it's just something i want to do for myself which i think is i mean maybe that's the best thing to be doing right it's a good place to start absolutely yeah i mean like the the whole even the dashboard started out just because i was tired of you know pull you know going through um hearth and trying to dig for for decks and i just wanted mm-hmm. to have a place to find them right but mm-hmm. um but it, it really is it's really humbling you know every time that somebody subscribes or tells me that they that they got to legend because of the things that I said in the podcast or that, you know, that they were able to use the dashboard and it helped them in a tournament or, um, you know, or just that they enjoyed the stream enough to subscribe or, or anything like that. Like it's really, I, I, I think back on like 10 year old Steve. Right. And, mm. or I guess, I guess maybe like 13 year old Steve, cause I probably started or 14 year old Steve cause I started playing magic in high school. Right. right. And, I've, if I told him, like, yeah, not only would you still be playing cards and people would care about what you thought about it, but, like, you'd be making a tool that people are using and that pro- professional players are using and people are listening to your to a podcast because you have thoughts. Not that you'd nothing would know what the hell a podcast was because we barely had the Internet, but, like, <laughs> right. um, you know, like, like, you know, that you'd be doing a radio show and 
people sure. would care about what you have to say and that you'd be doing, you know, play by play for tournaments. And like, he, what the hell would he think about that? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all we're doing is just getting a pack of cards because my parents refused to buy me a Super Nintendo. Right? So, so it was like, because that was like the next best. My parents thought that that's actually how I got into Magic is that my parents didn't want to get me a Super Nintendo because they just got me a Nintendo in like 1990. And like the Nintendo, Super Nintendo came out in 92. Like, oh, here we go again. Like, we're not going to pay to feed it. So, oh, well, here's this $12 starter pack of Magic cards. That'll be cheaper. Like, <laughs> like, of course. Ma- Magic is known for being an easy access yes. game, you know. So. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> definitely uh, way cheaper than buying a cartridge every six months. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like it just it's I, I'm I'm eternally grateful for everyone who um, you know hangs out in the Discord or you know takes the time to say thank you even or you know comes by the stream even if you're just lurking, right? Um, you know the fact that I'd be able to sit on online and have a, a couple dozen people watch me play. A, a card game is mm-hmm. really when you when I stop to think about it is just really amazing and like you know I mean I, and and not uh, you know when I picked up my kids from camp and I was told by my older daughter's friend that oh I'm the cool dad because I stream on Twitch <laughs> right and it's like wait I'm the cool dad like what what happened like how am I the cool yeah. dad but you know yeah so it's like you know that sort of thing and it's um, you know, yeah, it's a lot of work, but I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. And I'm, I wouldn't continue to do it if I didn't continue loving it, which mm-hmm. I do. So I'm not done. And, and I'm looking forward to another couple hundred episodes. Yeah. At least. At least. Well, at least you start know. there. And yeah, you know, YouTube. let's, let's not, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe once I, once I, you know, sign up for AARP, we'll reevaluate, but you know, oh, we'll, gosh, we'll go. yeah. We'll, we'll I, I, keep, I keep wondering what, like, uh, elderly homes are going to look like in 40 years. Like, my sister sent me a text once that said, if uh, if when we're in an old folks home, uh, we have office reruns and Super Smash Brothers for N64 oh tournaments God. every day, I'm going to be living my best life. So, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I just hope that, like, the old folks home when we're old is just, like, StarCraft lands. Like it every could, it day, could be that too, yeah. Like, like like my like my my senior year of college, right? Like that would be that would be amazing. Oh my gosh, uh, it'll it'll be fun regardless. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. But I guess I guess I, I should also let you go because you've been very generous with your time, and I should I should uh, you know not keep you any longer. But I really and I do really appreciate you taking the time to do this, Andrew. And it's been a blast being able to get back together and do this and. You know, I, I I hope we'll be able to do something like this again soon. Absolutely, know. it's it's my pleasure, man. I like I said before, I've been you know it felt like a black hole of content creation after doing it for years. Like to just step away completely is like ugh, you know it's kind of it's kind of maddening in some ways. So I I mean it was a no brainer to to be here with you, and it's been a lot of fun revisiting the past and talking about just kind of where we're at and stuff. And uh, so I really appreciate it. Appreciate everyone listening and, uh, and tuning in. So thanks a lot, man, for the opportunity. Absolutely. And you know, you're welcome anytime. So absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and for those of you who are listening, um, so the, the show notes with any link, I don't know if there are going to be any links in here. Once I go back and edit it, there might be, but um, the links to this episode are going to be the show notes, which are at offcurve.com, offcurve.com 
slash masters tour is also where you can find that dashboard. There's not really a lot of data in there because we don't have any masters tour activity going on right now, but there will be, you know, probably in a, in, well, probably for worlds, I would imagine, um, might be able to get something in there. Not, not sure. Cause I don't always get the data from that, but we'll see. Um, add off curve on Twitter is where you can follow to get announcements for when new episodes go live. Um, I am at wicked good on Twitter. Um, and, uh, Twitch.tv slash WickedGoodFM for the Twitch stream, which is Monday and Friday nights at um, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, Discord.offcurve.com if you want to join the community. And, Andrew, I realized that we didn't give an opportunity for you to uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Twitter at Andrew's Living. I'm still mostly active on there. And then all the work I do for HS Replay, you can go to hsreplay.net or follow uh that account on social media hs replay net and i'm i'm usually making the social posts on there too so you can come and uh especially when it's always fun when we're fresh into a new metal like this i'm you know looking at all the deck lists that are coming in and trying to see trends and stuff so it's a it's a fun time to stay connected we got the oracle awards going on right now that steve is a part of so uh you'll have to you have to check that out too on there yeah, um, overshot on Zarella, but that's expected. Like, <laughs> I we'll see, man. It's we'll the first see. few days. I, I keep thinking, like, with all the Trog nerf calls, I still very vividly remember with Journey to Angoro, it was the Warrior Quest, the uh, Fire Plume's Heart. Oh, yeah. That, like, day yeah. one, everyone was like, this is insane. And then in a few, <laughs> like, in a week, it was like, oh, that's, like, that's nothing. So, yeah. um, so you never know in the first few days how things are going to shake out, but we'll see. Um, yeah. And, and I should mention also, I'll have a link. I, well, I will have a link to this in the show notes that I'm, you know, maintaining my usual spreadsheet with Ridiculous Hat and Posca for all the decks that we're seeing on Twitter. Um, we'll probably be doing that through um, either the first balance change or when Ridiculous Hat and I record our meta wrap up. Because um, that's usually an input. That's that's what saves me time putting those show notes together. Um, so I'll have a link to the show notes to that. And um, yeah, be good to to each other. And here's to 200 more. Have a good one.